Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. Rochelle, it's financial checkup time. Yes! My favorite time of year. (laughs) (laughs) There's that, there's summer, there's Christmas, you know? Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So at least in the United States, we are recording this uh, just after tax season has closed and the accountants can come out of their dark basements and see the light, blink their eyes in the light. Uh, I think mine's getting her spa days. She's <laughs> getting right. them in there while she can. Yeah. So it, we thought, you know, we kind of got money on the brain for a variety of reasons. So we thought it might be interesting to talk about sort of like retroactive. How did your tax thing go? Were you happy with the way it went? Is there something you can do to make it go better next time around? Um, rather than what probably a lot of people do is like, that's over. I'll think about that (laughs) next April. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I can see why that's the temptation, right? Because it's a lot of, a lot of people do a flurry of activity and uh, yeah, you just, you just don't want to have to look at it ever again. Right. Yep. Yeah. I'm totally guilty of this. Every, you know, I I have a tendency to, um, you know, our, our income, like in a business like this, your income fluctuates like crazy. Yeah. You know, you'll have like a huge launch and uh, or whatever, or like close a bunch of coaching students. I, I have a, a kind of a cycle where my coaching program is like a length. So it has this tendency to like three people will finish at the same time, even though they're independent. Uh, it has a duration. So they, uh, I get into this cycle where, you know, I'll get paid by three people, you know, a big chunk of money in January or something. And then, uh, and then they're paid up for four months and then right. they'll renew or get another. So I have these like quarterly spikes or it's even longer than quarterly. And then, and then, um, you know, like books and those kinds of, they, there's sort of average and steady, but not exactly. But anyway, it makes it hard to have a set it and forget it payroll thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't float. It, it's just like the way the system works, it wants to just send the same amount of money every week. I do mine every week. and Oh, you do payroll weekly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And it so what happens is the tendency is to like, well, I'll set it at a level that I'll, I would never miss. You know what I mean? Like, right. So you tend to, I tend to set it low because if I set it high, then they could be like in a dip month. I don't know if this mm-hmm. could actually happen. I don't keep a lot of money in the account, but I could, I guess. I don't know. I don't really, I never, I've never, literally never thought about it until right now. <laughs> yeah. That's why I want that's to talk about this. Yeah. 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 So two years ago when I changed to this company, I just set it up and I left it like that. And then I had a great year and then I had it, you know, and an even better year after that. And I never altered my withholding. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So like, it feels like every year tax time comes around and I'm like, uh, like, like squinting through fingers at, at the email from Pat. Pat's like, oh, you had a good year. So get ready. It's going to be bad, you know, kind of thing. And uh, yeah, and it's, it's just dumb. It's dumb. But again, I did exactly what, what, you know, I just was like, oh, whew, made it. And then didn't do anything to update my, like, even though we're sitting here saying like, oh, that's a smart thing to do. I didn't do it. And and I have my, my accountant meeting next week because this, for me, this is the perfect time before I don't want to do it. You know, it's all still fresh. 
Yeah, and so, exactly. and as long as you give your accountant, you know, right around, I think it was April 18th this year, as long as you yeah. give them a couple of weeks to breathe, you know, see their kids again, or <laughs> go to the beach for, you know, a week or get spa treatments, whatever that is, you know, they're right. usually like so anxious to actually talk to people at that point and to think strategically versus, you know, just plowing out a bunch of tax returns. Right. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, go ahead. Where do you want to start with this? Well, I, I just it's interesting to me. I mean, one of the reasons why I suggested this topic is because I had a handful of clients this year say, oh, my God, this was a huge surprise at tax time. Mm. And I hate hearing those words because when it's a big surprise like that, it's really hard. You know, you've got to maybe um, not take a big trip or you've got to empty out the bank accounts or hopefully you're not you know, taking a loan to pay the taxes. But there's also more options than just payroll. Right. Because you can also and I do this is you can put aside additional money for taxes so that your business is paying them. Thank you, Mike Michalowicz, by the way. I wasn't <laughs> doing that until I read Profit First. Um, but what I love about that is you've got this big chunk of change. It makes me happy every time I look at it, even though I know it's not my money. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the IRS. But I'm pretty sure it's more than I'm going to need. And so after I pay the IRS next year, I'll pay myself a bonus with whatever's left. So there's the money you withhold and there's estimated quarterlies. And, and then you have that and you pay those from the chunk of change that you're setting aside. And it's kind of the no surprises. There'll still be little surprises, but hopefully it's good surprises at the end of the year. And my personal preference is I prefer to control the money than to give it to the IRS any right. sooner than I have to. Right. So I'll stick it in an account. It earns interest. I mean, you know, it's not that much these days, but it's better than nothing. And I feel that security of having that and being prepared. Um, the and then the sort of related piece is that we can also, and this is where accountants and bookkeepers can be super helpful, is we can drib out the way that we make money. So you, you use your example where you've got like a four-month coaching. You know, I just sold masterminds that are eight months long. Mm -hmm. So I had a chunk of change in one month, but it's for eight months of work. So I can, you know, drib that out or drop it, drip, 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 drip. I can drip that out over eight months or over six months, however you want to do it. And I just think it's a thing, it's this step that a lot of us just seem to skip over because we're like, oh yeah, that's the accountant, it's taxes, it's bookkeeping, I don't want to bother with that. But mm. I think just a little bit of time on the front end to really think it through with somebody who's on your side, who understands both your business and your personal situation you might have a, you know a spouse that has income or you might have some unusual expenses you know i just think this is the perfect time to get a checkup if you will yeah for me like i like to you you put more thought into it than i do in general anyway like even if i did spend uh you know a couple of hours it wouldn't even take me that long to just like okay what what are the allocations and and what do i need to change and just do a little math and say like okay mm -hmm. if i you know if i you know, it increase the withholding here because I don't care if I'd rather have the IRS have it. So we differ on that point. It totally makes sense that you would want to hold on to it, <laughs> in your, but I, I just don't, I don't want to yeah. know about it. I don't want to ever see it. And, and that's great if it works for you. Yeah. yeah I don't care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, play to what works for you. I don't think there's any, you know, one right answer here. Right. Is, I, I've, uh, a th- so I don't know if this matters. We mentioned this a little bit before the show. I don't know how much this matters, but I wonder if I think we're, you and I are both incorporated, right? I'm an S corp. Yes. So are I. you? Okay. So I wonder how many people listening are not, and I don't know anything about really LLCs or the other designations, but but for a long time, like what we're talking about, I think we must both be talking about the same thing, but an S corp's like a pass through and mm-hmm. and the taxes we're talking about are personal, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you've got this weird, this messed me up for years when I went solo, was being able to to mentally distinguish between Jonathan Stark, the employee, and Jonathan Stark, the business owner. Yeah. And it it, was, it took all, some getting used to, or it was like, <laughs> wait, you know, wait, it's like if you just have um, one or two checking accounts, or well, you have to have at least two, but um, it, it gets really, you like, look at all my money, but it's different. And if you don't treat it differently, it, it, mess, it messed me up for sure. And that was one yeah. of the things, yeah, not to call back to Mike, you know, I'll, I'll probably keep bringing his name up, but that was one of the, the beauties of his model for me was not that it's the most powerful, because I think even he said it's, it's, it's not, but that it's so simple, you know, to have like these different kinds of accounts and you've got a couple that are really hard to get to, you know, if you do want to hold on to your own taxes. But the distinction between having the S Corp set up did help me keep that separation of church and state for my finances a little bit. I think if I hadn't done that, I would have messed up like massively, like massively tax wise. So I wonder how many people are potentially in that situation. I, I really don't have a sense of it. It's not something I've ever really talked about with any of my students. I don't know if most people are what they're doing. Like if they're incorporated or what, even what the other options are. Yeah, That's interesting. I, I don't want to say this as a general thing, but what I've found in my experience is that a lot of times when people leave something in corporate and they start this kind of business, they tend to just do it as a freelance and, you know, it, it, DBA, right? Doing business as. So there's no mm-hmm. separate thing. I found people who have left consulting, the first thing they do, like like I did, is incorporate oh, because yeah. you're worried about liability. You're like, uh, exactly. no, first thing I'm going to do is protect myself and and my assets. And so you do that. But um, yeah, I think there's a process. It would be interesting. And I don't, you know, I'm not an accountant I, I, or a lawyer. I don't understand all the nuances between a sub S and, and an LLC. And I have both, right? I have a real estate business that's in an, in an LLC. And from the state's perspective, they're treated pretty much the same. I pay the same the same fees. You know, I file the same kinds of forms. You know, there's no difference. There may be some other reason. Um, and they and they both, I believe, when you have partners, uh, well, actually, even if you don't, you have a K, K1, is it? All right, I'm not going to say any more about this because I'm going to show how, how much I don't know about this. My point right. is that, yeah, that there's there are more options than a, a, a C Corp and an S Corp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I went solo, I, I was doing high ticket uh, engagements for Fortune 500 types who have teams of lawyers on staff. So I was like, I in, in case I accidentally <laughs> delete someone's production database... I want to make sure I've got errors and emissions insurance. I think I had a million or two million dollar policy, which is cheap. It's not. It's like a hundred bucks a month or two hundred bucks a month. 
and um, and incorporated because I was like, I was like, under no circumstances is like a client taking my house. Yeah. Like I, I can, I can, yeah. you know, I, I'll, I'll walk this tightrope, but I want a, a net under me. And so I got a lawyer. The very first thing I did when I moved to Rhode Island, which back to Rhode Island, which was right when I started uh, my consulting business, solo business, I got a financial planner, a bookkeeper and a lawyer. And I had all three of them. I met with all three of them, which means they had a conversation while I was sitting there <laughs> and, <laughs> and settled on S Corp. And like you, I don't know what the other things are. I remember why they, they, they recommended S Corp to me. And I, and I liked those characteristics that it had. Um, and every year, but and I guess my point is the taxes, the amount of money that I send to the government, I guess it's the, I guess it's the federal and state. It might just be state actually for the business is $500. Like it's always $500. That's just what mm-hmm. it is. So all of the other shenanigans happen with me, the employee. So like me, the, me, the business owner, there's nothing to do. I, I, I could do it by myself. It's all of the other stuff that, you know, the ways that the, the you know, the payroll and dealing with that and distributions and mm-hmm. uh, expenses, I guess, well, my business expenses get subtracted from. Yeah. So there's some, there is some book, booking to be done. I wouldn't do it by myself for the business because the expenses do decrease something. I don't even know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like, I don't, I'm not interested in thinking about it. See, I, I love it. Yeah, it's fast. Well, you can you you can hire people to help you think about it. Um, you just have to when it comes to like investing in those kinds of things, you have to be very very careful about who you're hiring and what your the fees that you're actually paying. Mm-hmm. But I think we'll have somebody who's an expert on that come on and talk. That sounds like a good idea. Know, <laughs> yeah, speak to that. Blind leading the but, blind. Yeah, well, and the thing is, I'm so fascinated with all this. So I, I'm probably more interested in this than the average bear. Um, but I also don't want to spend hours and hours and hours thinking about it. And I think I've mentioned this before. When my VA left, my VA had been doing my bookkeeping. And so I just kind of kept up with it. Mm-hmm. And the system exploded. I thought it was my fault. Turns out it wasn't, which is shocking to me. I figured I had to mess something up. But it took so long to unravel that. Now I've got a, a new bookkeeping firm. They're wonderful. They take care of it. They ask me questions. They answer questions. Um, I've got a new accountant who believes in the power of strategy. And so we have these calls to talk about planning. And I, I feel so much better doing that. And I, I, I don't think it really takes any more time than you're spending on it other than, you know, setting up the, the meeting with the accountant. So the that, setup, right. You know, yeah. yeah. And I, I think we're only meeting for like a half an hour. It's not right. a big deal. Yeah. But it will give, for me, it will give me peace of mind. And I think the other thing that's really important to talk to your CPA about is in a sub S, you typically have two kinds of income. And I'm, you know, I'm going to really generalize here. And one is whatever you pay yourself. And it's not an income, I guess. It's But you're paying yourself something. And from whatever you're paying yourself, you're going to subtract taxes and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Then there's also what are usually referred to as distribution. So at the end of the year, let's take a really sim- simple example. Let's say you make $200,000. You pay yourself $100,000. You have $50,000 in expenses, so you have fifty left. Because of sub S, you have to flow it through. You right. would take a distribution for fifty thousand, so that's income. 
yep. that you have to pay taxes on. So you can But you accrue. don't have withholding on it. <laughs> correct. Yeah. Correct. And it's a, sometimes it's really a surprise, right? I've had clients where, you know, they're okay, but their spouse had a big surprise at the end of the year. And it couldn't have been avoided because they were also in another sub S and they had a sudden surge of income at the end of the year. So you can't always control this, but what you can do is be thinking about it so you can set aside revenue. And so the rule of thumb that I've used generally with myself and most clients is I kind of think of half of everything I make is put aside. And that's federal taxes, state taxes, um, FICA. Um, so you've, you've, if all else, if you just need a rule of thumb, 50% in solo expertise businesses generally works. It's not yeah. going to be exact. Work with your accountant to get the right number. But if you start to think about, oh, I just got that $100,000 assignment. Great. That's 50 for me. <laughs> <laughs> and the other 50 goes in an account someplace that you, you know, you don't count as an asset because it's the IRS's money. And then, you know, when when you overfund that and you have your accountant check it two or three times a year to make sure you're on track, all of a sudden, no surprises. Yeah. It's wonderful. It sounds like a dream. <laughs> Doesn't it? Doesn't it? it? Yeah. I it plays to, the the thing about the thing about it is that it plays to my love of automation and since I don't I mean I don't really care uh if if I just handle it all through payroll and it goes to the government or you know every week or every month and uh, or it goes into an account that I don't pay attention to i don't care as long as it can be automatic like to me yeah, that's the that's can. the trick right yeah you just say send this here on the 15th of the month or the 30th mm. or whenever you pay yourself yeah it's yeah. it's all it all can be automated right so that's very attractive and it is current my currently is automated it's just set too low <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so i should the system I should, works the, the inputs are, works. are off yeah. yeah it's the garbage in garbage out so yeah, so I'll just check in with Pat and she'll set me up. Yeah, because there's a strategy, and I don't understand exactly how they do this, but there's a strategy that your accountant will work with you on about how much you take as salary versus how much you take as distribution. Yes. So the more you take as salary, the more your FICA tax, your Social Security tax, but you mm -hmm. also want to make sure that you're going to have Social Security at some point when you retire. Um, and if you want to get um, any sort of financing, and I'm not even talking about the business, I'm talking about for your life, like a mortgage, you right. need to have a certain level of demonstrable income to be able to do that. And then the flip side is when you have distribution money, you're paying less tax, you're not paying FICA on it. So there's a there's a strategy that's different for everybody that your accountant can help you figure out about what's the balance between salary and distributions. Yeah. Yeah, you have to you have to give it um, the morning given to me. I, this is probably the most boring episode ever, but <laughs> but too bad. Um, in for a penny, in for a pound. So yeah, you have to give yourself a reasonable salary. That's how it was described to me. Your, your salary, the stuff, the the piece that that FICA gets taken out of because it's not just taxes. It's also uh, what is it? Uh, disability insurance. There's a couple of things in there. So it's money that that. And Social Security, right? So it's money that, you know, like all good Gen Xers, I I don't think Social Security is ever going to give me a dime, but or I certainly don't count on it, so I don't think about it, but it just comes out. 
but it doesn't mm-hmm. come out of the distribution. So you end up with more money now with the distributions, but you can't just pay yourself solely in distributions and be like, well, I guess that's what Elon Musk does. <laughs> he just takes loans <laughs> against his stock and doesn't pay taxes. <laughs> but uh, but it, anyway, so yes, there is a balance there that that you want to strike because just like you said, this has happened to me when we refinanced our house. It's happened to some of my friends who didn't have, um, I guess, I don't know if they I don't know what the situation was, but they're self-employed in some way. I don't know if they were incorporated or not. But you go to buy a house and the bank is like, just, just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Who's your employer? Myself. N- never mind. And then you have to yeah. supply. I mean, I had to I had to supply an enormous amount of paperwork specifically because I was self-employed. Tax uh, returns. That, yeah. You want your tax returns. Personally in business. And mm-hmm. yeah, they, they take a microscope yep. and they search everything. Yeah. So yeah, you need to, ha- if you don't have that... Um, if you don't have that paper trail, it can cause problems for you with a big purchase like that. Mm. Most so, boring episode ever, yeah, huh? Yeah, most boring ever. <laughs> so it's really, it's just a notification. It's a, it's a gentle reminder from the universe to me and maybe some listeners that, that you know, if you got some automation, hopefully, you know, to, to set it so that it's actually going to produce results that you want 12 months from now. That's the thing. It's like, it's like looking ahead this is a perfect time to look ahead at least in the US. But so how do you do how do you do your payroll? Do you just do it yourself? No. Okay. No. There's a um uh a system called Gusto. That's what that, I used to. Yeah, that the bookkeeper recommended. So I use that and I only pay myself once a month cuz I don't want to deal with it. I had to laugh though. Uh, I got a a notice. Thank God I saw it cuz it went into a weird folder that they were going to uh charge my payroll account with $418,000 for my payroll. And I'm like, "What? That's going to bounce?" Mm. <laughs> so you yeah, you do really have to watch them even when you've outsourced that. So yeah, they they did not debit my account for 418,000 but only because we intervened. That's um shocking. yeah, so once a month. Yeah, I just don't like to do stuff like that any more than I have to. And once a month works fine for me. I pay mm-hmm. bills twice a month. I pay myself once a month. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I don't if that happened to me, I wouldn't catch it cuz I I literally never log in there. It just I I set it up and it runs and it works. But I I had a scenario like what you just described actually happened to me with my old payroll company that where they where it wasn't set it and forget it i would call them every whenever i wanted to get paid it was like once a month mm-hmm. or whatever i think back yeah. then and i would call them and say okay run it for this much because again the the it's not like I, a regular salary the business the income my income has always been very spiky not like feast famine but just very spiky uh-huh. you know yeah like, right it's the so, model so I would, you know, I would kind of do it on a case by case or month by month basis. Say run it for this much, run it for this much, whatever. And mm-hmm. so one month, story time. One month, my the person who was my account rep. It was kind of a big company. It was like you, you'd recognize the name. I can't remember, but it was like pay, uh, ADP, ADP, maybe. I think it or was paychecks. Yeah. It was, I think it was paychecks and then ADP bottom or whatever. So so the. So that my person went on vacation and their replacement ran my payroll for whatever it was the month previous mm-hmm. without, you know, which, <laughs> you know, so it was something like $25,000, you know, bounced on a, on the bank account. And they take all the, all the FICO is taken out and sent to the government. 
and ouch right and and so i was like look this is not my screw up you need to make this right and they did not and it took i, I was i was untangling from that for two years easily oh my god trying yeah. to like get them to and then uh, and then i didn't have payroll for a year and that was a mistake because i did it myself mm-hmm. that was terrible so mm-hmm. you know cautionary tale for folks in the audience that was really bad and uh, you know that was one of those just like uh yeah his seventy thousand oh. dollar bill out of nowhere no right. but plus i don't know how rhode island is but if you're in a in a tax state like California, there's all these weird taxes they take out, or like Ohio, I think, has all these different city taxes and mm-hmm. county taxes. And I mean, you get in big trouble if you're not withholding because they'll come mm-hmm. after you and slap penalties on you as well. It's right. yeah. I just yeah. figure I that's something I clearly want to outsource. I don't want to mess with that. Right. Yeah. So then I I switched to Gusto and it was it's been I I, I said it and forget it. I never go in there. It just runs like clockwork. I don't. It's, I'm shocked to hear that somehow they had that kind of a mistake in yours. It makes me yeah. nervous. Well, I um, it, it's they sent an email because I don't go into the system either. But they sent an email that I happened to catch, and I forwarded it to the bookkeeper with like, what? And, and you know, she never got a satisfactory answer as to why. They hmm. apologized and they fixed it. Um, you know, and I wasn't worried because I know a $418,000 charge to my business account is not going to go through, Mm. but, um, it, it could have been, you know, like your scenario, something more realistic that would have gone through and I would not have been happy. So yeah, it's, that's sort of the lesson on the perils of outsourcing, you know, outsource. Yes, but just pay attention or set up so that you get notifications, but to their credit, they send notifications. They'll send Mm -hmm. me something that says, that is to me as the employee and then they'll send me things that are to me as the employer right yeah yeah they do that cool so now yeah. as soon as we hang up instead of editing the show i'm gonna go up increase my <laughs> so you'll be a little later on your end of the podcast <laughs> what but else then i think the well, yeah, yeah there, that's where I was going to go. Is the, I think the other thing, and, and I think we should get someone who's more expert than we are on this, but the other piece is we've talked about taxes and how you structure, how you pay yourself. And really, you want to think about saving for retirement. And you might be 35 going, oh, honey, that's a long way away. <laughs> but if you, if you think about it as that you are sheltering income from taxation, you have a lot of options depending on your business structure to sock some money away. And, um, you know, I just think it's worth having that chat with your accountant as well. And don't be intimidated by, oh, yeah, OK, so I can throw 60000 here, but I only have five doesn't matter. Use the five. Invest what you've got and you know, just get in that habit. Automate it to Jonathan's point and you'll save yourself not only some tax money, at least in the short run, but you'll start accruing some assets as well. Mm, that's nice. Yep. That's it's I mean, it's kind of brain dead. Like, duh, it, that that's all stuff that makes sense. But I am the worst at any of that stuff. Like we we just just to give you an idea of how little I like to think about this and how allergic I am to doing any kind of paperwork. Uh, we we could have refinanced our house years and years and years ago. We finally did it like, maybe it was last year, maybe it was 2020, I can't remember. I think it, I think it was 2020 it. only because we did it at the same time. And okay. that's when we did ours. Okay, so, so you know, in, 
I mean, the amount of our our interest rate was cut in half. And I knew it would have been like for years. We've been in this house yeah. for like 15, 20 years. For years, we were paying interest just right down the drain, right? That I, mm-hmm. I could have saved. I don't know. I can't even do the math fast enough in my head, but thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. But I was just like, ah, I don't want to go through the hassle, paperwork. And like, it's so dumb. It's just like so dumb. So it's, on the one hand, it's kind of obvious what we're saying. It's like kind of obvious what really what you're saying is like, be smart, do this. And I'm like, yeah, that's smart. But then I don't do it. <laughs> well, you know, the other thing is, you know, if you're partnered up, and I don't mean business, but I mean in life, you have a life partner, um, you may be able to hand it off to them. Like in our family, I take care of all the finances. That's my thing. So I'm always thinking about the business and the personal in combination. But Mm -hmm. most people who partner up pick somebody who seems to be their opposite when it comes to these kinds of things. So if Mm -hmm. you've got a partner, you know, you might be able to rely on them to help sort through some of that stuff. I still don't think you want to be 100% hands off. I think, you know, you want to be involved, but you you may be able to get some help kind of pushing you to do some of those things. Yeah. I mean, and and who knows, it might be, I could imagine a scenario, it's not ours, but I can imagine a scenario where the other person would be happy to do it, but doesn't want to infringe on, mm. you know, like, like, you know, well, he's always been doing it or she's always been doing it. So I guess we'll just, you know, ain't broke, don't fix it. But maybe if it, maybe it could be better if you wanted to share the responsibility and the other person might be glad you brought it up. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely not the situation in our household, but, but I can imagine <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's there's the big money stuff, which is when kind of like financial planner territory, like, you know, getting uh, figuring out how you want to save together for the future. What are your big goals for for you or for your family? Um, You know, do you have a health care directive? Do you have a will? Do you have a trust? You know, all those kinds of things. And and that's sometimes that's the advantage of a financial planner is that they they kind of make you do it. Right. Because you're sitting down, they ask you all these questions and you go, oh, my God, I'm such a loser. I don't have any of those things. <laughs> you know, that's how I felt. I was like, OK, we got to get we got to whip this show into shape. But uh-huh. um, yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of ways to, to skin this particular cat. Mm. Well, I think the is there the key advice, though, is like talk to a professional. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I do know people who. um who are doing their own books, doing their own, doing all of that stuff their own, they're doing, you know, turbo taxing it. And, and I'm like, is that, <sighs> I I know. I mean, first of all, that would, I would rather go to the dentist. I'd rather have a tooth Me pulled. too. Yeah. Me too. But not everyone's like that. Some people kind of dig it. And, but I'm like, still, you know, wouldn't it make sense? Even if you're doing your own, you know, weekly or, or however frequently you do it, monthly, books and filing your own taxes and that I, I feel like it still makes sense to check in with someone who's mm-hmm. you know like got a bigger picture knows like more detail about what's going on like we're, we're fans of expertise over here at the business of authority yeah and hiring well, and experts plus it's not even expensive expertise right. i mean you know the average tax return for a business is like four to six hundred bucks yeah so i and and the other piece is even if you're doing it yourself, well, especially if you're doing it yourself, you can make mistakes. You cannot know about some important things, especially if you also have state taxes in addition to federal. Oh, yeah. I just I just can't even imagine. And I always find some kind of an error 
when the accountant gives me stuff. Doesn't matter which account. I've had three over the course of, of all my businesses. But And it's not that they weren't paying attention or they, they did it because they were stupid. It was stuff about our situation that they assumed and they were wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just think, and I, I don't get mad at them about it. I just think that's part of the partnership of it is let's make sure we're thinking about this and doing it correctly. But if I was doing it myself... Like, how much liability might I be exposing myself to because I got it wrong? That's how I think about it, too. I'm like, I can sort of like, I feel like I can wash my hands of it if someone else did it. And I know that's not 100% true, but, you know, it's still your signature at the bottom. Like, yes, I testify or certify that this information is accurate Mm -hmm. and so forth. Uh, But I feel like it, it does come down to a liability thing with me. Like, some of that money that I spend for the CPA, and it's non-trivial. I mean, it, it's, it, you know, between personal and business, and uh, it, it's it's not nothing, but if, I feel like a big portion of that isn't just, you know, a portion of it is definitely about the, the tedium of that kind of work and how bad I would be at it even if I did do it. Mm-hmm. But a big piece is the peace of mind that I'm like, someone better at this than me is worrying about this thing that I could really get in trouble for if I did it wrong. Yeah. So, you know, it's one thing to have my own fault to have like not not had enough withheld throughout the year because my payroll set too low. That's one thing. And then you just end up with a bill and it's no fun. Uh, it'd be much more fun to get paid or whatever. But uh, but that's that's fine. That's not the end of the world. The The really, the scary piece is like, I don't know if they were wrong. Like if the if the return was wrong, you know what I mean? It's like you hear these yeah, horror you take, stories. You take the wrong deduction and the IRS usually figures it out. It may take them two or three years. But while they do that and you're blissfully unaware going about your business, they're racking up penalties and interest from the time the return was due. Right. So, it, you know, a $20,000 mistake can be 40000 when they find it three years later. So, right. yeah, I, I always take the IRS very, very seriously. <laughs> Don't love them. Do not love them. But I just want to keep them content. Yeah. <laughs> Give them the money and um, and walk away. So, I don't know. We, I, I feel like this is, I feel like this is a useful reminder, again, yeah. at least to myself. Well, I think it is for people that need one. I mean, there are some people who are like, what, you did an episode on this? I've got this. I got this. Awesome. Awesome. That's exactly what you want. But for the people that don't think about it, I just rather you think about it in May than next April. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I, the other thing about this that, that made me think it was a good idea to talk about is that no, it doesn't seem like anybody. I don't know anybody that talks about this stuff. I'm I'm sure there are mm-hmm. a hundred thousand podcasts about like financial management and so forth. But in our space, it is not a conversation that ever crops up, like in any of my Slack rooms or on email. No one ever talks about it in in my little corner of the universe. Yeah. and it seems like a really bad thing to not be talking about it ever. So I wonder if if there are a lot of people like me that are maybe even both of us you're definitely better at it than me but that are that just don't think about it that much and and you know maybe things could be a lot better and smoother and uh you know april 15th would be less of a white knuckle experience if you know 
me and everyone else talked to a professional, got your numbers set appropriately, had the thing all automated, set it and forget it. And and then, but have some kind of periodic check, right? Like a quarterly periodic yeah. check-in of some kind yep. to adjust the knobs in case something has changed. Because we yeah. have weird, it's a weird business we all have. It's a weird kind of business. It's so, it's so um, spiky. spiky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is spiky. And I, I just, I like the idea that we talk about this more openly. And I agree with you. I, I'm not seeing people talk about this either. And I've just realized that it really needs to be part of these conversations. And money generally, I mean, people will tell you about this, their sex lives before they'll tell you what they earn, <laughs> right? So money as a topic is not, you know, always spoken about. But what we're talking about here is not the amount, but the process that you're going to follow to get where you want to go. Yeah, especially, I think this is especially true for people who are maybe a little newer in the freelancing or solo consulting universe this might be a good wake-up call for people that are in their like first or second year that you know that thing that i was talking about before where you're like it's all my money and it's like well <laughs> you know if you're not incorporated then you you know you, you maybe have a liability thing that you're not even aware of and and if you are incorporated maybe you know there's something going on with the distributions that could be better or depending on how you're incorporated again talk to your professional but but yeah and if you have payroll that's more than you i, I can still remember oh, when i started God. my first business somebody and i can't remember who somebody said to me be careful with payroll you have to keep all that money because it goes to the government and at that time i don't think the payroll companies were actually taking the money you know they mm. only took what they needed to out of your account and you know, when you have a bunch of employees, things get really muddy. You're trying to figure out, like, how much do I have this month? So we just set a rule from the very beginning. Every single payroll, we took all of the money out of the account, put that in a separate account. I had a bookkeeper who would then tell us what we had to pay and when, but the money was always there. Yeah, that's terrifying. Oh. <laughs> the idea of having... Oh. <laughs> and there are big numbers. I oh know. It's like, yeah. Yeah, that's scary. So yeah. I, you know, I don't, I imagine most people listening don't have like 10 employees, but may, maybe I'm wrong. But if you, but anyway, the point is like, if, um, I, this is definitely the most, most boring episode we've ever done. It has to be, <laughs> but if, but I would be interested to know if folks either, you know, hit us up on Twitter or email, if this is a topic that, that is less boring than perhaps I think, or that there are aspects of it that would be interesting to you to talk about you know i don't because we're, yeah. we're we're not experts but bringing people on is certainly an option yeah i mean we could have somebody talk about like an accountant talk about some of these things we could have um the right kind of financial advisor who's not making money on their recommendations right. um come and talk about that so yeah i'd be curious to to hear if you want to know more about this or if we should never speak of it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the money nerd in me will be so disappointed, but so be it. So yeah. be it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, with that, let's wrap it up. That's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time on The Business of Authority. Bye. Bye-bye.